Remember, I'm watching. I see everything. There's your pep talk. So that's it. What, we some kind of suicide squad? Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have Brian, the Black Dragon, and Goose. Guys, welcome back to Hero Talk. Thanks. Hello. Alright, today our topic is Suicide Squad, the uh, the 2016 superhero film based on uh, DC Comics. It's their answer to Guardians of the Galaxy, let's just be honest about it. And as always, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. Nothing is off the table, everything is fair game, you've been warned. So once again, DC put out a movie... The critics hated it, it divided the fans violently, and now I get to come in and be sort of lukewarm on it and say like, well, I didn't hate it, I didn't love it, I did like it a lot, and it was entertaining. And if you're wondering, hey, didn't you just say that? Yeah, that's exactly what I said about Batman v Superman. Um, In the long... I mean, I, I feel like maybe we judge DC movies a little too harshly because their characters are like a thousand times better than the Marvel characters, so we expect more. Mm-hmm. So when you see a movie like this, which would have, you know been an alright Marvel movie, we think like, oh, it should have been so much better because Batman and the Joker were in it, but it, it was what it was, it's about what I would expect from a Suicide Squad movie, it's as good as any other iteration of the Suicide Squad I've seen, and, I, I mean, I don't, it's it's not really deserving of all the hate it got, I mean, were there things wrong with it? Yeah, sure there were, but, I mean, it was better than Iron Man 3, and it's getting a lot more hate than Iron Man 3, and maybe I'm bitter, because I had to watch Iron Man 3 a bunch of times and record a couple <laughs> of Hero Talks on it, but still, <laughs> the point remains, uh... It's it's not as bad as it's being made out to be, and I want oh, see what was its Rotten Tomatoes? Anybody remember? Twenty six percent. Holy cow! No. What is it it's, now? It's it's, it's, it's twenty six percent right now. Right now, it's still. At least last time. I mean, I looked like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I know it was it was a forty on uh, on Metacritic. I mean, honestly, I would not that I think scores matter because they don't and they're stupid. But well, I mean, it, this this okay. movie's a solid. I mean, it is a C plus at worst. Well, it, it, here, here's here's the confusion with Rotten Tomatoes, and it's it's up to twenty seven percent. That that percentage is not the average rating. Like the average rating is not like two point seven stars out of ten. It's twenty seven percent of people rated it a six out of ten or higher. Right. But the Metascore on, on Metacritic... The, 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 the Metascore is yeah. more of a score. Yeah, and that that's a 40, which is way too low. Oh. Yeah, I, th- I think the aggregate score on Rotten oh. Tomatoes is like uh, like a 4.9 stars yeah. out of 10. And I still think... I mean, if, if, the, if the, the cutoff is 6 stars, I really think it should have been higher than that. Because I really feel that like the worst you could give this movie is 6 stars. Well, what I think is happening with these is with dc movies right now is it's this is you know this is now the third one and the first two just did not impress the critics and and just did not impress mainstream audiences um so you know they're going to be a little more harsh because it's like you're really going to have to work to impress us now whereas marvel you know at the gate at least had some good movies like it had iron man and then they followed up with thor captain america and the avengers like 13 movies in marvel has developed a lot of goodwill warner uh, dc is i think really starting to grade on people well that's the thing too is that if people say and dc has said warner brothers has said that um 
they're they're not trying to catch up to Marvel. They don't want to do what's Marvel, what Marvel's doing. They you know they're they're looking to you know forge their own universe. But in forging their own universe and trying to you know get. Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, which are already packed. And what do we have before Justice League? Wonder Woman. So with that, in some ways, yeah, they're trying to get a piece of the pie of what Marvel's doing. Is what everybody's doing with the Sony and Spider-Man, with Sony and Ghostbusters, uh, who else? Fox with Fantastic Four. Everybody's trying to do extended universes. Um, and everyone's late to the party, so... I mean, but that's that's the that's the thing is everyone's trying to catch up catch up to Marvel when really all you need to do is your own thing. And and I don't even know if that's even it. Like it, maybe maybe they aren't trying to catch up to Marvel. I think it you know I I think it's more of let Zack Snyder kind of do his thing and and they meddled with it a little bit. Not so much in terms of like it has to be like Marvel. Obviously, it was this is what we think everybody wants. So make it this way. You know, make it darker. Make it darker. Make it grittier. And it just <laughs> it's just not working. And they've realized that way too late. And you can kind of tell in this movie. You know that they in, they they added a lot of jokes late. Yeah, they felt like they were sprinkled on after the fact. They, yeah, they, they really and Now I don't I couldn't pick out which ones were and which ones were a part of it or and maybe some of them were and they they didn't make the cutting room floor or whatnot, but yeah, I it definitely feels like this movie really tried to inject some humor and levity because there really wasn't a whole lot in the last couple of movies. Well, from, from what I from what I understand um based on what I heard when they decided to do the reshoots to add in more jokes if you heard the jokes in the Bohemian Rhapsody um, um, trailer, that's the word you're They were for, already yeah. in there. From from what from what I heard, those were all the humorous moments in the movie at the time. Like that was all they had. Yeah, and that's that, and that would have. <sighs> I it seems as though, and we'll probably get to it at some point, but it feels like a lot of scenes were missing. Um, it feels like there was there was not just a, a, a bunch of jumping around, but that it, it just it just felt like there was a it was a big jump in terms of like characters' relationships. Like they're they're talking about being a family towards the end, and is really weird. Yeah, it did feel like it did feel like a bit of a mess, like weird scene transitions. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember when it got to the end, and they're like, "We're a family now," and I almost felt like I don't know if you've earned that. Yeah, no, I don't believe really that. Haven't. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't quite get the whole. I, I wasn't on the journey with them. It really felt like there was some character development that happened completely off screen that I wasn't privileged to be watching. And it was either, it was either cut character development or they just kind of forced the "we're a family" thing because you know you, you can tell they focused a lot more on Deadshot and Harley Quinn and um, as, as well they Waller. should. I mean, if we're being honest, but but yeah. But my point is, like, you you don't you don't see enough of the of the supporting characters to justify the family feel. Like, I got that from Guardians of the Galaxy because all five of them was it five? No, four, five, uh, five. Thank you. Yeah, uh, all all five of them kind of shared screen time and it and had something to bring and really helped out. So you can kind of see the how the cohesion came in. Whereas, like, like, Killer Croc didn't have anything to do until the very end. Yeah, Killer Croc felt tacked on. Um, Captain Boomerang, I wasn't really feeling. Um, Me neither. The, the character I found I actually liked a lot, who I thought was just going to be the throwaway character, was El Diablo. He was really good. Jay oh, Hernandez yeah. did a great job there. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he owned it. So, I mean, good on him. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so uh, we jumped the gun a little bit, but let's let's circle back around. So that's what I thought. Uh, so Goose, we haven't heard from you in a while. Um, what did you think of Suicide Squad? I honestly agree with you a lot. I feel like it it wasn't like a masterpiece, but it certainly wasn't as bad as people have said it was. I had a lot of fun when I went to go see it, and what I feel like they did the best, and this is something I even felt like they did better than Batman v Superman, is that it didn't so much feel like the typical DC dark. But it didn't feel like they were trying to be overly light either. It felt like a good balance of the two. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, it was it was a good balance, though. If it did feel a whole lot like it was added in later. Um. Anyway, uh, Brian, well, you're next. What would you think overall thoughts on Suicide Squad? Again, kind of the same thing. Like, and I, and I think part of it was like I was really excited for it at first, so I was really disappointed by the early reception. Um, so went in with much lowered expectations. And by the by, by the time the credits were rolling, I was like, you know, I felt entertained from start to finish, which I didn't get with BVS. Like, the, the thing with BVS is you had, like, a very boring first two hours or so, and then a really good action sequence at the very end. And that kind of evened everything out for me. Um, this one, at least, like... I didn't feel like looking away from the screen too much, you know? Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed sitting there in the theater. And, 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 and like you guys said, it's not a masterpiece. I wouldn't even call it a great movie. But it was it was good enough to keep me entertained and think, you know, somebody over at Warner Brothers has some good ideas. And hopefully it's not too late to, to, to make sure Wonder Woman and BVS or, or Justice League are on track. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, we've been there. All right, Vernon, I understand that you just watched this movie again just before recording. Is that correct? Yes, and I am a little bit clearer on what I want to say, and I am ready to go. Um, thoughts? I guess I, I enjoyed it the same amount. Um, <laughs> I, I, tried to, I tried to go into it kind of more analytical, and I, point, I picked up on a, f- a few more things that I want to talk about tonight, but... It, it, overall, yeah, I, I came out with it. I came out with the with the feeling of yeah, I was entertained. Um, it really isn't the best movie, and uh, yeah, definitely, definitely did not give me the same feeling that say walking into uh, the, you know the the original Spider Man movie or um, you know Civil War recently, where you know I immediately want to see it again, and which I did for those movies. Um, so yeah, entertaining, but. I'm not clamoring to see it again and just yeah, I hope that they that they do better. There's definitely issues. Yeah. I, I will say though, and, and just kind of going off what Goose said, uh we're at least trending in the right direction now. I feel sure. like if if you were to plot where Man of Steel was, and then BVS, and then Suicide Squad, if you draw a line and project it out, you're like, we are like two or three movies away from getting a good DC film. <laughs> Is that like a probability thing? Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> just like that's just like dead reckoning out into into the beyond. Like we're we're shooting up, so we're we're at least going. All right, so we got to talk about the cast. Um, we're not going to talk about the whole cast because holy crap, have you seen this cast list? So many characters. Yeah. So we are just going to talk about the highlights. Uh, and I guess number one would be the big star of the movie was Will Smith as as Floyd Lawton or or Deadshot. And I'm just going to call him Deadshot for for the sake of making it easier. Um, 
I'm pretty familiar with the character from the comics, and the character from the comics doesn't really have much of a character. I mean, if we're if we're being honest, I've seen him in a lot of different iterations, and I think it wasn't until Arrow that I, they actually did something unique with his character, uh, which was very well done. Uh, and I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route with it because I don't think that works here. I mean, the one constant across all of the iterations of Deadshot that I've I've seen, uh, with maybe a, a briefest of exceptions, is that he has a relationship with a young daughter. And that's sort of his motivational mm-hmm. factor. And I think they got it here. I really felt like the way I was seeing Deadshot was a lot more like, what if Will Smith was a world-class assassin? <laughs> and that's kind of how he played it. In a yeah. Deadshot costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. It was Will Smith in a Deadshot costume. But if you're going to cast Will Smith to play Deadshot, isn't that sort of what you were asking for? Like, isn't isn't that what he signed on to do? Did you really yeah, sign him on and be like, all right, so here's the character from the comics. Be that. No, if you got Will Smith, you knew what you were getting. And I'm, I'm presuming they got exactly what they wanted out of him. And for a character who's not all that interesting in the movie but needs to sort of be the front man, you sort of have to go the Will Smith route, don't you? I mean, who else were you going to get? There, you can't necessarily look for somebody with a cheesy mustache to try to play Deadshot in this movie and think, well, hopefully it works. You you need somebody who's going to have a big personality who can carry this thing. And I, I, I think that was Will Smith. I I had I don't think there was anything really wrong with his performance. I actually quite liked it and I I mean I like Will Smith in general. So, I don't know. Anybody really have an issue with Will Smith as Deadshot? Eh, no. I, I really didn't have an issue. No. Although I think some I think there was something in the writing that kind of threw me off and I noticed this the second time was that all right. So, there's there was a there was a certain character thing because I mean, you could really just say his his entire character is summed up in he's an assassin, but he has a daughter. That's pretty much oh, yeah. like he wants to do right by his daughter. Um, so with that, towards the end, when uh, Enchantress is showing visions of their dreams or something like that, and Diablo has his family back, uh, Harley Quinn has a not messed up Jared Leto as a jo- as a as a husband. Um, Isn't and- Jared Leto scarier in normal clothes than he is as the Joker? He was a little he bit, was a little more scary, <laughs> like that. a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so when we cut to Deadshot, his fantasy is killing Batman. Uh, as much as we've been told that you know he he has a daughter, he loves his daughter, he wants to be with his daughter, and that's all he can think about. Killing the Batman is is his dream, like his ultimate fantasy. Yeah, in his fantasy, he shot the Batman dead and then got to just continue on with that really terrible life with his daughter and trying to get her away from her mother. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's a little odd that that was his fantasy. I mean, yeah, the I rest of them were dreaming that. of their ideal world, and he was basically like, man, it would have been nice if I had just killed Batman. Right? <laughs> so it was a little off because all that development and, and everything like that and him, you know, wanting to go with Flag to quote unquote save the world, which I also have a problem with, um, you know, you, ca- you, you just kind of undercut that by saying, well, what he really wants is to kill Batman instead of just <laughs> being with his daughter. Yeah, and that, and that's that, that's part of like yeah I I enjoyed his performance I thought it was a great performance but like when I stopped to think about it that dichotomy is exactly what's wrong with his character and and really just the fact that this movie is is the third movie in this universe in general where you know when, when the first Suicide Squad like it first showed up in the comics it's like these people had already been established as villains as criminals you know just not nice people sure. and. And, and with Suicide Squad, they had the opportunity to kind of humanize them, you know, make them a little more relatable, you know, make it so you could root for them. And it feels like they rushed both of that. It's, you know, because the first thing we see with Deadshot is like, oh, he doesn't he doesn't give a damn. And, 
you know, look how easily he killed this guy for two million bucks. And then all of a sudden he loves his daughter. Like it was it was kind of a shock to the system. Yeah. Yeah. Like, OK, he's a, a ruthless and cold assassin, but he has a soft spot. Like it, like, it, it, it was a weird thing. It was a weird transition. I felt like they could have done it better. It, it would have been so much more effective, I feel like, if we had had one movie with him where, like, like in Batman, where, like, in a Batman movie where Batman catches him and, like, you, you absolutely just don't like him. But then we get this movie where we actually see some redeeming qualities and it gives us a motivation. It gives us a reason to root for him in the movie. Yeah. Did Batman brand him? No, he did no. not. <laughs> No, I think okay. he only I, does that to. I think he only does that to like um, sex offenders. Yeah. So yeah. I was actually I was trying to think through this because I was wondering if he was gonna brand him, and I thought like, so where am I in the timeline? Like, I know this is after Batman v Superman because right, right, because right. you know Viola Davis specifically said you know Superman's gone, and they had the people with like the Superman's dead shirts. Superman strong. <laughs> oh, that's wrong, man. <laughs> But, and yeah, so, I, I mean, I guess he's over the branding thing now. I would say I was surprised with how much Batman was actually in this movie. Really? I mean... I mean, like, yeah. I figured he was going to be probably involved in that scene with the Joker in the Lamborghini, but when when Amanda Waller says the right call to the right guy in Gotham, and then Batman shows up, I'm like, so Batman can... All right, well, I, I can take that. That was a, a nifty little fight scene that they had there. Yeah, um, I, I, thought, I thought it was nice. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it, but I thought it was yeah. a nice surprise. And then and then when he sh- he shows up later and takes down Harley Quinn, I'm thinking, like, am I about to see Batman take down the entire Suicide Squad? Because <laughs> it seems like that'd be what I want the center of the movie to be on right now. Like, that's right? the movie I want to see. Why? I, 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 I really like what they did with Captain Boomerang, bringing him in. I thought that was really good. Oh, we got to see the Flash. Yeah, yeah. apparently they. Like, apparently he is they, a Flash they, villain. He exactly. is. That is. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought that was really cool that they they did that. Apparently they filmed like that little thing, that little section where uh, Ezra Miller was just standing there. Um, they filmed that in London, and then they tacked that on post production. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, how, what, what do we think of Ezra Miller as the Flash? He's growing on me. Uh, he is, and I didn't think he would because man, I yeah. love uh, Grant Gustin. He he is a fantastic Flash, and but what really put me off Ezra Miller in the first place was he seemed to be young. Mo- well, not young, broody. Like he had like you know like a little bit of you know stubble, you know coming coming off his chin and you know the ponytail. It, 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 I I just don't look at that and think Barry Allen, and that's the exact look they had in the videos in BVS. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? And then yeah. they and then they showed him in um, the clips the the Comic Con footage from. Uh, for Justice League, and I thought, okay, that's what I want him to look like. Yeah, I I would say he he is growing on me quite a bit. I'm I'm right with you there because originally when I saw him, I'm like, no, I already I already have a Flash that I like, and I guess they're <laughs> taking him in a different direction. And I I actually like that uh, Ezra Miller and Grant Gustin seem to be like firing like these these very well intentioned these these very jovial shots at each other during interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at, at one point, I think Grant Gustin said something about, like, I mean, in, Grant Gustin apparently has some knowledge about him, because he saw the Flash suit, and he said, like, oh, it looks like they really went injustice with this, referencing <laughs> the game. He mm. says, I think our suit's better. It's more classic. And then Ezra Miller recently just said, like, you know what? I think my Flash should race his Flash, and we'll see who wins. <laughs> yeah, so. he, he did say something about, like, looking forward to, like, <laughs> like seeing him in the Speed Force. Yeah, he he almost gave it in character. It was really, I would say it's bizarre, but I think I want bizarre a little bit with the person who's playing the Flash. Yeah. 
Sure, I don't mind it at all. Um, yeah. I, I need I need to see more of him, but uh, you know yeah. Ezra Miller, fi- fine. Um, I, I haven't seen the Flash TV show, so um, but I you know I, I always kind of had a problem with the fact that they're recasting the Flash, even though they have a popular TV show Flash here. Um, so, but that's long past now. They're steamrolling right ahead, so I guess this is the Flash we're going to get in the movies. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it'd make a really nice little touch somewhere maybe years down the line if Ezra Miller Flash accidentally, like, bursts into TV Flash's universe, and then you have two Flashes, and you just kind of, it's never going to happen, it's a pipe dream, but if I can wish for JLA Avengers, I can wish for two Flashes, so. <laughs> I was going to say. whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Well, but, the Arrowverse has confirmed the multiverse, so it's entirely possible. Yeah, it's plausible. This is just one of those universes. We just need one of these Flashes to run fast enough to get there. But, uh, Fair no. I actually, I really enjoyed the Flash scene. It was nice to see the Flash sort of in action as much as you can see the Flash in action. But no, the, they, the, they, the they thing... go crazy go nuts with the speed force on them, though. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I don't like about it is, like, you know, he runs and, like, lightning is striking everywhere. Like, yeah. The, like, the, even when he's only really moving works, a little bit. Like, like okay, yeah. I get when you're, like, when you're really booking it at full bore, you got lightning going everywhere. But, like, when you're just turning your head really fast... Should an arc of electricity be taking out the lights overhead? Like, there's, there's got to be a threshold for that, right? Well, and this is yeah. an extreme nitpick, I'll admit, but I really think the lightning should be yellow. Exactly! Yes! Yes, I'm glad you said it. I was not going to say it. I said yeah, I'm not going to be that, that guy. Isn't that Zoom lightning? Or, am I just, or, is, or is that just for the TV show? No, uh, Zoom's Ooh. lightning was blue, although in the comic book, Zoom and the reverse Flash have the same lightning color, which is red. Oh, no, I, I mean, oh, okay, okay. In the comic book, Zoom and the reverse Flash are look and act almost exactly identical to each other. Interesting. They're, they're uh, more or less the same character, depending on which iteration of, of them you're seeing. But the bottom line is, is that uh, I think the Flash's lightning should be yellow. However, if you're trying to distance yourself from the show, which is super popular... And maybe that's one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, I don't care what color the lightning is. It just has to arc around the flash. It doesn't need to be sparking yeah. everywhere. Yeah, but I, we'll we'll see how it looks. I don't know. Yeah. We're we're going really deep into about two <laughs> seconds of into this the movie. DCEU. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So next, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip Harley Quinn for right now because I I feel like what what the Hero Talk audience really wants us to talk about. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just talking out of my butt right now. Jared Leto as the Joker. Oh, okay. Now, there's there's no way around it. We if you're going to play the Joker, you got to be compared to all the Joker's past. Mm. And I think it's our official stance here on Hero Talk that the greatest Joker ever was Cesar Romero. And I don't think I'm speaking <laughs> out of turn when I say we we're all in agreement. He was the best. <laughs> Mark Hamill. Yeah. Cause, like, uh, especially, he's he's like, a good you know, voice, I, but man, Cesar Romero, the Latin lover. The Latin lover, Brian. I, I need <sighs> I need to go back and watch those again. But see, here's the thing for me, like, with, with the Mark Hamill joke, why it's so special is, like, you know, I grew up watching that cartoon as a kid. And, you know, I thought he was a you know, pretty sinister villain. But it wasn't until, like, Arkham Asylum that he really, like, started to let go a little bit. I thought, oh, my God, this guy's terrifying. Uh, I'll give you that. He's very good. And obviously, you know, Jack Nicholson has his fans, and Heath Ledger won an Academy Award and was phenomenal as the Joker. And we'll talk about Heath Ledger in just a second. Um, But it's really important for me that we're all in agreement that Cesar Romero is the best Joker of all time. I like agree. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree so we can move forward. I can say he's the best live-action Joker. All right, I'll give you that. Best live-action Joker. Can we at least agree on that? I'll, I'll agree for now. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah. So, but there's no way any person who plays the Joker from now until the end of eternity is ever going to get away from being compared directly to Heath Ledger. Yeah. So I, the, the bottom line is Heath Ledger was able to do something that I just don't think Jared Leto's ever going to be able to do. Is Heath Ledger basically? I mean, he 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 diverged from the character in the comics significantly. The character we saw on screen. In the Dark Knight, it was other than maybe the name and some visuals was strikingly different from the character in the comics. I mean, his, his his skin wasn't bleached, and he he was a little less you know clown prince of crime, and he was kind of more of an anarchist and like well, it was grounded. Yeah, it was was, very grounded. However, whenever Heath Ledger was on the screen with somebody, every person he was on the screen with, you knew was in immediate danger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how. I can't explain why, but we are two seconds away from a magic trick where someone's going to die. You know? Like, (laughs) it's just going to happen. You have no idea what's going on. And it really, it really made me afraid of the character. And and Hans Zimmer's um, score, like, anytime he was threatening somebody, just, like, really intensified that. It really did. I mean, that spine tingling, just, like, you know, building note. Yeah. 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 And and you're just, you're okay, just somebody stop him or give him what he wants or something, you know? (laughs) You're you're almost, yeah, yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time I'm seeing him. And with Jared Leto, I just, I get that that's, he wants to have that same fear and control of the room, but I'm just not feeling it. Mm. You sweet talking me? Yeah, I, I felt like I felt like Jared Leto's Joker. Like I, I felt like there's there there's potential there, but we didn't see enough. They didn't give him enough to to really like see, make him seem like as sinister as like the Joker is meant to be. I didn't like him, and I didn't think he came across as sinister. So I'm like, I don't want to see more of this guy. I almost kind of wanted to see less of him because I was just I was really not feeling it with, with the jo- like when the Joker's in the room and all the stuff is arranged in the room in a funny way. I'm like. That's that's not something the Joker would do. That's something that somebody playing the Joker would have done by the production crew so they get a really cool above shot of it. I just yeah, I didn't really yeah. feel Joker off of it. I get he had bleached uh bleached skin and the silver teeth and they actually made up a uh, they made up a backstory about the teeth that was kind of interesting. That uh, yeah. it doesn't make sense though. We can we can talk about it. Why not? We are a spoiler podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So the uh the story behind the teeth was that they said that after the Joker killed Robin, Batman basically smashed his teeth up. So he got the silver grill, and that's when he got the damaged tattoo across his forehead. I see. I wish we had seen that in the movie. That yeah. would that would have been a great backstory, except, I don't know if you saw it, when when they were doing Harley Quinn's like intro, some words flashed up on the screen, like at the bottom, said, accomplice to the murder of Robin. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but when when the Joker first meets Harley Quinn, he's already got the grill. So oh, how how was she shoot. an accomplice if 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 he had already had his teeth smashed in? Because they didn't think about it all the way through. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice catch, Brian. Wow, yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, I um. <laughs> wow, Did we just break Greg? <laughs> no, that was just very well done. I'm I'm, I'm glad you're here. So, again, going back to, to, to Jared Leto, I just, I wasn't really feeling it. And again, I was, I was very critical when I first saw the images and I thought, let me see him in motion. And then in the Suicide Squad trailers, I started to see him in motion. I'm like, I'm kind of starting to get it now. And then I saw the movie. I'm like, no, you lost me again. So, yeah. Like, what well, I, I think the most was the advertising, all of it made it out like Joker was going to be, he was the villain they were all going after. And then in reality, he's in the movie for maybe 10 minutes. 
maybe less. It just felt like it felt like a bait and switch almost to the point to where Joker was looked like he was gonna be a much bigger part of the story, and then really, really wasn't. And I think that is attributed to the to the cuts that I was that I was talking about earlier. It felt like scenes were missing in regards to the Joker, um, and not just because. Uh, what's his name? Jared Leto is is talking crap on the internet about how a lot of his scenes were cut. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about a lot of the stuff that you know we saw in the trailer wasn't there, and I could yeah. I would say hey that may be because of the reshoots because ultimately you know those scenes might have extended the movie and not really added anything. But then again, Joker didn't add anything to the movie either. So, well, you know, and, and, but again, like I felt like he could have added something to it if they'd put more in it. Like, I think, I don't I, I guess my big thing on it is like, if you're going to use the Joker, you can't have him be a sideshow. You, you oh, have to commit yeah. and make him the villain. He's either the main villain or don't put him in at all. You yeah. said that, Greg, you said that a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally called it. Uh, so well, well <laughs> yeah. done. So I mean, my thing is like I, I want to see the deleted scenes, you know, because I feel like this Joker has potential, but we didn't get to see anything good enough with yeah. this. I mean, he totally has potential, but the problem it was a whole lot of tell and not show. You know, yeah. it was a lot. He's so crazy. Look at him shoot this guy because he made eyes at Harley Quinn. I'm like, uh, I I, ha- I can't feel yeah. like that. Doesn't feel like. Sh- like Joker level crazy that feels like yeah just about any you know any Scarface it, style mobster would do the same thing so it, it, it's not enough to just you know laugh you know like you you have to you have to do Joker esque things like 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 he does his own bait and switch yeah the the exploding basket as he's trying to get into the laboratory could have been great mm-hmm. um but it it was a quick one off moment you know like it, it, it could have been He's holding this person hostage. He's like, okay, I'm going to leave now, and here's a nice present for you. And then as he's walking out, the basket explodes. That's a Joker moment to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just I just wasn't feeling it. So anybody really in love with the Joker's character? I mean, did did, uh, did he need to be in this movie is what I'm asking? No. He and, needed to uh, be there to set up Harley Quinn. And my my, my, and my reaction and, and my answer to that is we didn't need Harley Quinn. Well, there are that, plenty of other villains you could have. True, seen. true. Um, but it's okay. So you know how you you got those kind of couples out there where you know you kind of think of you can't really think of one person without the other, like Sonny and Cher. Yes, and Laurel so and Hardy with that and with Costello. The... <laughs> You're gonna keep rolling. <laughs> Only when you start to talk. <laughs> So that's what I was thinking. Um, Emerson, Lincoln, of, Palmer. It's <laughs> the Joker and Harley, but the Joker is not 100% attached to Harley in the way that, let's say, we want her to be in the comics now. She's actually broken away from him um, yeah. and, done, and done her own thing because in the... In the What's and there's years is, of abuse. Right. And this is where the, the this is where I feel like there was some stuff missing as well because they seem like boyfriend and girlfriend in the movie. It was, Aside it from was, that yeah. weird that weird torture scene, I mean, he already has her in his pocket. He doesn't need to torture her to turn her into into what he wants her to be. I think Harley Quinn, yeah, she works better when she's overcome this horrible stuff that's happened to her and struck out on her own. And I and I said this before when we did the uh when we did the Suicide Squad trailer hero talk. Harley Quinn as a character never really gets a fair shake because she is integrally tied to the Joker. So you need to find a way to somehow get her away from the Joker if you really want to give the character uh, her her due. And 
I really felt like in this movie, they went out of their way to keep her tied to the Joker, and almost, like, they try to play it like they have a good loving relationship. Yeah. You understand, like, there's a certain threshold where, like, once you electroshock somebody against their will to make them insane so that they have to be dependent on you, it doesn't matter if, like, at that point you're willing to kill to get them back. Like, you've sort of already crossed the line, and you don't just get to backtrack on it. Yeah. And I just just felt like they didn't earn it. All the grape soda and bearskin rugs aren't going to fix that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think from what I heard, like, the the scenes that got cut... To, yeah, wasn't to, to the helicopter scene, point. he was supposed to have tried to kill her. Yeah. And like, then it, they get I hit think, with a missile, but they kind of retooled it so that he's saving her life? No, yeah. I, I mean, or at least, like, the way I saw it was, like, the shockwave um, pulls her out and throws him yeah. back. At the very least, changed so it wasn't a murder attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and but apparently there was, it was originally the 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 scenes were originally written to show a more abusive relationship that was more faithful to the characters and I don't know why they felt they needed to get away from that. I mean I can I can certainly understand if they're coming out being like we don't really want to show overt abuse like this it's not really we don't you know we don't want to try to make this seem light and funny and I mean then don't. Well, yeah, and then That's in that I'm case, saying. then, then like, don't put it in there. Like, allude to it, don't show it, and don't put Joker in here, and that way you can save him for his own movie where it makes more sense. Because yeah, thus like, far, every time I've heard about the Joker doing something, it's always been in the context of, I didn't get to see it on screen, somebody describes it to me, and I keep thinking, that's the movie I'd rather be watching. Yeah, yeah like, pretty much. You know, this is a movie about bad guys doing bad things, um, it, or it was supposed to be. They really don't do much in terms of, like, be, bad guys being bad guys. You hear a lot about how they're such bad guys, and these are the worst of the worst, and maybe they can do some good if we, you know, implant trackers in their neck and put them on dangerous missions but we never get to see that and that's a theme throughout this movie uh, you know including the stuff with that that was cut out with the with joker and harley um if you're gonna go dark and gritty it doesn't mean put it in the rain or make it actually dark if you're gonna <laughs> throw that stuff in there don't don't half-ass it and you know and and pull back at the last minute you know that <laughs> that's the that's the that's the thing and i think if i'm are, are we still doing characters I, I don't even know what we're doing anymore, but yeah. I think just, we, 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 I, we, I, we, we are, we have dropped the script, folks. We are, okay. we are free ranging <laughs> well, it here on Hero Talk today. In that case, um, if I could just mention something about the story, it is way too big for the Suicide Squad. Um, too I'll much give you an stuff example. is going on. Sorry? I think too much stuff was going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just, just as an example, what Deadpool did was very contained. Um, he's trying to reverse Deadpool was in this movie? And <laughs> Man, I knew that guy broke the fourth wall, but this is oh, breaking a whole lot, lot of He broke it too much, too. Yeah. He, he actually used the speed. Oh, you know he's harassed Batman. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that he's trying to save his girlfriend, and he's trying to reverse what happened to him. This isn't a world-ending thing. He's just trying... He's doing... He's going after stuff for his own his own gains his own personal i guess um uh, appeasement so when you come over to this the the suicide squad which i have read a couple of the comics and i actually saw um i don't know if you guys are familiar with uh batman assault on arkham the animated movie yeah but that's my list of things to talk about yeah, yeah, like that yeah. was that was a lot more contained. It was in it, it was a very Sol- specific story. Yeah, and also I believe that movie featured a sex scene between Harley Quinn and Deadshot, in which at the point of orgasm, Harley Quinn yells Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you want. Like, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm not making that up. That's a thing that happened. I watched that movie on a plane and I turned it off at that point. I'm like, yep, we're done with this. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. kind of what I'm talking yeah. about. Is it's a smaller scale stuff where you know the, the that's what you send the Suicide Squad to do is you know topple third world governments, kill the the, the unkillable people that the the U.S. government can't touch or doesn't that, want to touch. Um, I mean, that, 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 that's another thing. Like. Like, why was the Suicide Squad doing this when this is exactly the kind of thing any um, superhero would have done? Where were Hawkman and Hawkgirl? Yeah. You know, yeah or, well, let's say they're not around. Let's, the Flash but, is around. He could certainly get there fast enough to figure out what was going on and tell some people about it. But the thing is, like, the Suicide Squad is supposed to be the blackest of black ops. This is supposed to be, like... You're like you're not you're like someone that you know the U.S. is not allowed to kill, and so Waller sends them in to do it. Like, like you said, Vernon. But th- this is this is not a Suicide Squad event. This is this is this is the Justice oh, League should have been taking event. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't send them in to save the world. You send them in to right. kill people or now, destroy. I could, I could see something. sending them to get Amanda Waller while the Justice League yeah. is trying to deal with the Enchantress thing. But the idea that they would stop and then go fight the Enchantress thing is kind of outside the realm of what I want the Suicide Squad doing. Yeah. So anyway, let, let's. I, I think one more point on the Joker before we move on, and this is <laughs> this is kind of important. So we have established in in this cinematic universe, Batman's rule on not killing is really more of a loose guy. Guideline. Mm, yeah. How is the Joker alive? That has been brought up before, and uh, I don't know. I have yeah. nothing for you. Like when he's chasing the Lamborghini, like why didn't he just un- unload on it with the mini cannon, like he did on just the random LexCorp employees? You know, like I, I think I think what what happened was he got the um what, what I what I gleaned from at least the Ultimate Edition of BVS is he did not kill before. And then watching Superman just demolish Metropolis with Zod you know the switch in his head and he got a lot more brutal so he started using guns on people a lot more murdery really yeah he got a lot more murdery and then when superman died like he says like i'm gonna honor him in um in in death the way i I didn't when he was alive you know i think that's him like reestablishing that no killing rule because we did establish that we did establish that the joker had killed robin before bvs yeah before he started killing that's why he didn't kill the joker he just beat the crap out of him. Although we're honoring Superman who killed Zod twice now. Because he had to. <laughs> because he absolutely had to. Like with Zod, with, in both cases, there is no reasoning with Zod. You know, he had to kill him to stop him. Yeah, I yeah, I still think it's a little odd and, and kind of it, it's, a, it's at least worth pointing out. So anyway, I'm done with the Joker. As far as I'm concerned, okay. there's no more Joker in this podcast. Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about Harley Quinn. I'm sure the Joker won't come up at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Harley Quinn, played by uh, Margot Robbie. I think I knew her from Wolf on Wall Street. That sound yeah. right? Was she in that? Yeah, I think that was her big breakout role, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, so I actually really, really liked her in this movie. I think she was really good as Harley Quinn. My only issues with Harley Quinn are the costume. I, and it, it's it's just, I don't really, if you're going into, you know, basically it came down to the fact, I'm like, why is the bottom of her butt hanging out of those shorts? However, then I watched the Olympics the other night, and the bottom of Allie Reisman's butt's hanging out of her shorts, and the bottom of Simone Biles' butt's hanging out of her shorts. All right, well, she was a former gymnast. Maybe she just likes the bottom of her butt hanging out of her shorts. She's used to it. So I've I've let that point go, but the fishnets those they seem a little overt, and like I'm like I'm I understand I am treading into some land I do not want to go into right now. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be there. That's not where I'm comfortable. So we're gonna go ahead and back off of that. But it just it felt to me, and my wife even said the same thing. Like I it, the costume seemed a little overtly sexual 
especially when it's compared to the rest of the cast around her. Mm. Well, especially when she pulls the original costume out of the box when they're doing their whole everybody's getting their stuff sequence, she has the costume that the character wore, for example, in the animated series. Yeah. So I saw that, and then it was like, so why didn't you go with that one? Now, I, I feel want like to be that clear. was more fan service. Yeah. I don't yeah, want to see would. that costume. No, that costume's ridiculous. And, and I even said, like, from the waist up, I get it. I get the Harley Quinn that they were going for. It's, when, it's the booty shorts, the fishnet stockings, and the crazy heels. And that makes like, me stop it, and think, I'm not really sure what you're going for here, but that doesn't say Harley it Quinn to me. a little much. I, what they should have done is take, like, the, the color scheme of the shorts and, like, bring them down to her calves. I would have been, I yeah, feel, if they were, like, more, I, like, I capris like, I or like tights, that, I think I that would have like been that's absolutely good combat perfect. attire. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, listen, I'm, this is what I say. I don't, I don't really so much care what the people wear, if it matches what they wear in the comics, if it matches different interpretations. I've, I, I've said this every time I've critiqued a, a costume that somebody wears, it must serve the character. And from the waist up, I got it. From the waist down, I don't think it served the character. I felt like it was there to serve me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I hadn't really thought about it much, but I agree that, like, the bottom part is, is what's inappropriate. Everything above was actually, it was kind of cool. I liked it. I mean, like I said, from from the waist up, I was I really thought they nailed the character. From the waist down, like I just other than the color scheme of the booty shorts, it wasn't Harley Quinn to me. It was it was you know something else entirely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the the only real problem I had with Harley Quinn was the accent. It seemed to be turning on and off as they. Oh, uh, I love that accent. Through. Oh, I was yeah, in love it, with it. If you're if you're gonna do it, then do it. Like commit to it the whole way through. But she, well, she yeah, broke she, out of it. She's Australian. She just slipped a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I guess I can accept. I liked it. So anyway, and this is worth pointing out. So I went to see this movie with my wife, and my wife has not had a lot of experience with Harley Quinn as a character, basically only from the Arkham games, and she hates Harley Quinn. And so she actually got to see like more of the backstory. And this is the backstory's fairly spot on with the comic books. So she saw oh. it, and she's like, huh, I didn't know any of that stuff about Harley Quinn. I like her a lot more now, except they didn't really like the costume. That was, that was her impression. Yeah. <laughs> well done, I'm and sure. That's sure fair. That sounds fair. Yeah, and yeah, I, it was it was really well done, because my wife loved this movie. I feel like I, I wish I could just see the movie through her eyes, because <laughs> she she doesn't go in with all the baggage I bring in with me, so <laughs> I'm not nitpicking at everything. Although, well, here's the thing. My, my my wife didn't bring in that baggage either, and she liked it less than I did. Huh. So, I don't know. Maybe it depends. You know, my wife ended up saying, like, there was action, stuff was blowing up. I don't see what else I, I could have wanted. So. <laughs> but well, my wife doesn't have any baggage either when she's coming into this. She barely remembers Batman v Superman and liked it about the same amount as I did. Huh. Yeah. Well, there we go. I figure since we're all seeing <laughs> it with our wives. <laughs> Goose. No. I think Greg and I are just getting cynical in our old age. Yeah. <laughs> So, but anyway, um, now I've, I kind of feel like we're we're nitpicking an awful lot. So I'm going to take us into a direction where I have nothing to nitpick. Uh, Viola Davis is Amanda Waller. Anybody have any arguments with that? Yep, no nope. whatsoever. None. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Spot she on. Holy cow! Like so, I, I mean, like, let's see. The, my first introduction to Amanda Waller was Green Lantern, and she was such a throwaway character, I forgot about it. Yeah, you know, and then learning a little bit more about her, like. She was once brought up in like a a, 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 a debate show I used to watch. Um, what was it called? Anyway, um, you know, I, and I heard like she was a little more stone cold. Like the impression I got was like Nick Fury, but a little more heartless. Yes. And then the, and then they brought in an Amanda Waller in the Arrow show, 
And my big my biggest problem there was like, you know, she got the ruthlessness down, but nothing about her said she had that the the experience that gave her that cynicism. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis mm. pulled that off. Yeah. Mm. So I first became familiar with Amanda Waller uh, from the comic books, and I, I really fell in love with the character when she was introduced in the Justice League cartoon back in the early 2000s. I was going to say. And, and which was spot on there. Like, they did it just perfect there. And so basically what we saw in Arrow and what we saw in Green Lantern was kind of an attempted update of that character, but... It just didn't really work. Viola Davis, as we saw her, is, I mean, just stepped out of the comic book and onto the movie screen. That's Amanda Waller. And she is, she played her every bit as she needed to be. I need to see Viola Davis in more of these movies. She needs to be like Nick Fury and just has to keep showing up. Oh, I'm sure she's going to show up in Justice League. Yeah, I don't ever want to not see Viola Davis in in a Warner Brothers movie ever again. And I'm talking as Amanda Waller. I'm not even saying a DC (laughs) movie. I mean Warner Brothers movie. So all the (laughs) all the Warner Brothers movies, I want Amanda Waller showing up. Even in the upcoming Harry Potter movie. In the upcoming Harry Potter movie, I better see Amanda Waller show up. (laughs) About to to activate Task Force X because she found out about the magical world. Yeah. (laughs) All all the creatures escaped from that box, and she's like, "All right, let's mobilize Task Force X. Get these (laughs) creatures." Tell me you wouldn't watch the crap out of that movie. I totally would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. I don't think I, Warner Brothers can pull it off, though. They're struggling with this one. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, Viola Davis was so... She was she was perfect. Absolutely perfect. I, I could not... I, there's nothing I can say wrong about the character at all. I'm with you. Yeah. Mm. So although, I agree. Although, I do have to point out the reasoning for assembling Task Force X... Task Force... Task Force X in this <laughs> yeah. movie is a little off. I mean, I don't know. It seems about on par with any other reason why they've ever assembled Task Force X. Are you talking about stopping Enchantress or pulling Amanda Waller out? Mm, um, just the reasoning in general, the pitch. What if Superman came down and ripped off oh, the yeah. White House and taken the president? Who would have stopped him? Not Task Force X. So, no. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> remember, these are all these are all people who've been who've had their butts kicked by Superman yeah. several times. They've been caught in by the somebody. Movie, the cinematic universe, they've been taken down by Batman and Flash. I I mean, um, Katana Sword may have some kind of you know use against them, so she may stand a chance in a if it was a throwdown between the Suicide Squad and Superman, but. None of those people are taken on Superman. No. Although, to point out, you said Batman brought all those people in. It was revealed in an interview that Slipknot was actually captured by Wonder Woman. Okay, I, I, I heard he was joking. Like, I, I count that as fact, because <laughs> I like that. I don't think Wonder Woman could get strangled by a pansy like Slipknot. Yeah, so slip poor Slipknot. Um, Adam Beach, I love this actor, by the he's way. A, he's a good actor. He is so good. I love seeing him in any in, in everything he's ever been in. He is he's just phenomenal. And he gets to be the sacrificial lamb. And it in every iteration that I've seen of Suicide Squad, at some point, it's it's almost an overused meme. At some point in the course of the movie, somebody's going to presume that the things in their neck aren't real, and they're going to try to walk away. And that is done exclusively for the reason of having their heads blown off so that we can see that it, the threat is real. And so yeah. when I when I saw Captain Boomerang setting up Slipknot, I'm like, ugh, oh, he's the sacrificial lamb, isn't he? 
and well, he really was. didn't see Slipknot much in the marketing. Like they gave him his own little like title card in the commercial or whatever. But in the marketing, where there's a lineup and that little circle or whatever picture where they had the us the the, the 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 important Suicide Squad members, like he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, that's why I sort of thought between that and the fact that he gets introduced so late in the movie. I almost thought right. I almost thought right there. Like, I wonder if they're going to kill him off. Yeah, I wonder, like, I wonder it, if it's kind of a throwaway introduction too. Like, and there's Slipknot. The oh, man and can we brought in Slipknot. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> and right. can if we're talking about that, we need to talk about Katana. All right, so let's talk about Katana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Katana was played by uh, Karen Fukuhara. She has been in. What has she been in? Uh, so I have no idea what else she's been in in terms of her IMDb page. This is it. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. It's Katana and Suicide Squad, and then four appearances on talk shows as herself to promote Suicide Squad. Well, you, you're going to like this. Uh, <laughs> she's been on Movie Surfers on the Disney Channel. No kidding. <laughs> Are you serious? So, That's a thing? I, I guess we need to take a shot. Um, <laughs> it only counts if it's Di- Disney Junior. Is that Disney Junior? Okay, never mind that. And then, yeah, Suicide Squad. That's it. Huh. Wow! All right, it's on her IMDb page. I'm I've I'm on her Wikipedia page. Yeah, I'm just checking uh, out her Wikipedia page too. Is a member of Movie Surf. I don't even know what Movie Surfers is. Uh, well, that might have. Um, oh, okay, so that. <laughs> yeah, th- this show has not been around in in the time when I have had children. So I am <laughs> I am off the hook for not knowing what this thing is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So then, um, unfortunately, her character, while cool does not get anything at all really um her yeah, now she shows up she's awesome she's basically a one-man wrecking crew for the suicide squad and she has mm. this amazing sword that steals people's souls that has her husband's soul in it and again they introduce her and i think huh that's a movie i'd rather be watching right now well like they give her two sentences of backstory and then they show her killing someone in a flashback um well <laughs> Don't don't get killed by her. Her soul, her, her sword steals the souls of its victims. And then later on, it's like, oh no, don't worry. She's just talking to her dead husband. That's it. Like, there's not much else there. Yeah, no, I I agree. I really felt like there should be more more to this character. Now, I don't think she shows up in Arrow, and thus far she hasn't been killed off to make room for this character. But in I think Arrow, she's kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah, for, in, for now. in Arrow, they at least tried to make an attempt to give her some story to herself, although the whole dead husband thing never really... But wait, we're not talking about Arrow. It's just, I really felt like I would have... This was a character I would have liked to have seen much more of. And I think you could have maybe taken the Joker's screen time and given it to her, and I would have been okay with it. Yeah, yeah and your dog is with me on this one, so that's how I know I'm right. Oh, definitely, definitely. And and again, this is my problem with like doing an ensemble movie this quickly. We haven't established any of these characters. We have to spend half the movie establishing them, and a lot of guys get their a lot of them get their um, their backstories or whatever, you know, just tossed aside. Yes, I agree with you and your dog on this point. <laughs> my, my wife, you guys are... The biggest problem with Suicide Squad is that it, the whole time we were watching it, we're all just thinking, okay, that'd be a much better movie I'd rather watch for like half the scenes. Yeah, and you know, the thing that, that Marvel does smartly is that they give us those movies first. 
You know, it's, well, it's, they're it's, not Marvel. They're not. But, but here's the thing: is Batman in 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 the 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 Man of Steel movie and Suicide Squad? They're functioning under the assumption that this is an established universe and that people can just start showing up in your movie and everyone knows who that is, and that's wrong. But then why yeah. start? Why sir? Why have half the movie establishing those characters? I mean, that's you save yourself a lot of time if these are characters. If Harley Quinn's already been in a Batman movie, if Deadshot's been in a Batman movie, if Captain Boomerang's been in a Flash movie, even if these guys were just B-villains or just side-villains, if they're established, you save a lot of time. And yeah, you can bring new people in to join up with them, but sure. it, you at least you have an established universe so that when the Flash shows up, you don't have some uninitiated people watching going like, so wait, who's that again? Is that that guy from that TV show? You know, it, it's... <laughs> It's it's really just like they they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to act like they have this established universe, but they don't want to establish it because they don't want to be like Marvel. And it's it's wrong. And yeah, I don't I mean, like I, it. I mean, it, it's, you you kind of have to do that because I mean, that's just what works. And, and I'm not saying that because like you know that's a, just to say that's how Marvel did it. I'm saying Marvel did it. Because that's how it works. That's what makes it work. That's what makes for good movies. Like even freaking Hawkeye got introduced before he showed up in the Avengers. Like in four. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't recognize him. Yeah. I, I well, have issues with that, by the way, but we'll discuss that later. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, just I mean, my my point is like they didn't do much to really set him up, but it's just like, look, here's everything you need to know about him right now. He is a shield operative. He's a really good shot, and he uses a bow and arrow. That's that, that's all you needed to know at the time. So Although he didn't try he to use a bow and arrow, he grabbed a sniper rifle first, and then thought, "Oh, wait a minute, I'm Hawkeye," and then he grabbed the bow and arrow. <laughs> Sorry, I, I understand that's a nitpick of all nitpicks, yeah. but this yeah. is this is hero talk, and if we did nitpick, <laughs> we'd be done by now. Yeah, but I mean, what my, my my point is, they gave you exactly what you needed in an earlier movie that was heavy on present day Shield agents, and 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 you and you ran with that. Whereas, like, I, I feel like even if they had like like part of BVS, you know, Batman brings in Deadshot. Mm. That would have been a great introduction for him. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, no, I like in, in, yeah. using that flash uh, footage. You know, have him, yeah, have it be footage in a bank in that bank vault where he's capturing Captain Boomerang. Yeah, even even that is a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So right. the big yeah. question: Why didn't they? I, because Warner Brothers parent doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Basically. glad we got that out there. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anybody else on the cast that we really want to talk about? Like. I'm. Uh, I guess do we we got to talk about Rick Flag. Uh, we, 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 do we? We mentioned that we mentioned that Jay Hernandez was was very good as El yeah, Diablo. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing is like I don't know much about El Diablo. I just know Jay Hernandez killed it as the character. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said all we really wanted to say about it. Um, I thought yeah. it was kind of interesting. Like, I, I guess like his. I don't know what they call it in the DC universe, but like for Ghost Rider, it's the spirit of vengeance. Like, I like how they kind of made it, it, like, it seemed like it was kind of a Mayan god. Yeah, because when he went, like, full-on El Diablo, he went, that was actually a really awesome scene when he when he stepped up to uh, to fight uh, Incubus, uh, Enchantress's brother there. That that was re- that was a really cool sequence, and I and, and I I hope like he's still alive and we get to see him again because I want to exp- I want to be able to explore that. It, I mean that was I I really enjoyed the crap out of that scene to be honest with you. That was a really good scene. Yeah, it was the thing that this movie did have going for it. I will give it this: is the action scenes were done amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. um, 
amazingly well. They they every single time it was an action scene, I thought it was done great, and the characters looked fun doing it. And I had nothing wrong to say with that. Oh yeah, I, yeah the, I really, the, the only one I really had a problem with was uh, the very first one where they, where they first meet the zombie soldiers, and um, and it just seemed like they just stood there a little too long, like just to give them a reason to notice them and then start attacking them. That's how it felt to me. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that, but it didn't really bother me too much. I mean, it didn't really bother me until I started to think about it. Um, <laughs> well, there's I mean, your but, problem. Well, I mean, even like the <laughs> um, like the, the fight itself, at least like the first time I saw it, maybe it was different because I went to go see it in IMAX 3D later. But like the first time I watched that fight, it just seemed very stiff. Like it wasn't core, it wasn't choreographed very well. I, I kind of think stiff worked in that fight scene. I agree, it was stiff. I just kind of thought for that particular scene, stiff worked. Mm. Yeah. Incidentally, I'm glad you brought up seeing it in 3D IMAX. So guess what I got to break out for the first time? I bought 2D glasses. <laughs> They're glasses that oh. take your 3D movie on the screen, and they turn it into 2D for my eyes, so it doesn't feel like I'm getting stabbed in the brain through my eyeballs when I watch the movie. Wow. Oh, okay. I thought you were joking. No, straight yes. up. I bought 2D glasses. They are amazing. Wow. Because, like, the movie times for 3D get, 3D gets all the good times, and 2D yeah. gets the leftovers. And I'm like, yeah. I want to see this movie, but, like, the only good times when I actually could have seen it when I had the babysitting available was during the 3D shows. So I said, well, screw it. So I spent, uh, 15 bucks, and I got, uh, two pairs of 2D glasses designed specifically to turn the real D 3D into 2D, and I watched it that way, and it was great. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that is cool. Yeah, I mean, this has just opened up my world, because I have to go out of my way to avoid these things now, and now I don't have to. Now I'm just going to bust out these glasses whenever it's time and go to the movies like a normal human being. You just pay You just pay, pay extra for the 3D I ticket. I just get to pay for the privilege of going when I want to go instead of going when I <laughs> don't have to. Right. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying not to think about that part. Trying. Can All I right. uh, can I just bring up uh, just a, some, something about the Batman cameo that kind of that Which it was kind of funny cameo? to me. Sorry. Which Batman cameo? Where he's <laughs> where he takes out Deadshot. Okay, um, that one because and, there were three of them. So. Oh right, right. Um, so the, the the first one where he where he you know confronts Deadshot and he's like, mm. "It's over, Deadshot. I don't want to do this in front of your daughter." And I'm like, "But why did you jump him in front of his daughter?" <laughs> That's, that was exactly my thinking. Like, wait, then why are we doing this right now? Why didn't you wait until right. he? I feel like he just sort of did that for leverage. Like maybe he won't fight me back in front of his daughter. As it that turns out, been... she was really the deciding factor in that fight. So he's not wrong. I guess. Yeah. Like she could have easily been hurt. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't... You're knocking one of my favorite scenes, so I really can't jump behind <laughs> you on this. I just. I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, for, for me, it, it was that. It was that one little. That, that one little line that just kind of felt off. But the rest of the scene was excellent. Oh yeah, yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now um, I'm done with the cast, unless anybody really wanted to talk about Captain Boomerang. Nope. No. Jack or or, or Croc. Uh, so we're just gonna move on. I just Croc could have had more time in the movie, and maybe he could have been more important. But it really just felt like he was there to round out the crew, and you know, and they're like, "Oh, we got to go underwater." And Croc's like, "Oh, well, now we have a reason to have Croc here." I guess it was yeah. very shoehorned in this movie, and I don't think he really needed to be a part of it. Um, yeah. but I, his contribution to the final fight and his um his request from Waller you know where he asks for BET <laughs> were, 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 were my two favorite bits with him yeah <laughs> I, I, it's, mean, it's like, mm -hmm. I, he didn't even want cable mind you he only wanted one channel 
There's a lot of good programming on BET. I mean, there uh, is. No, trust me, there is. He, there are many worse channels he could. It's not like he asked for A and E. You know. Yeah. <laughs> he asked for no, a no, channel he, with a dynamic programming schedule, and so I get that, and I respect that. But it's, it just was odd that he didn't say I want cable. He said I want BET. It's, yeah. It was weirdly specific. <laughs> yes. Um, but if I could like, hey, maybe he wanted to watch that Black Panther cartoon. <laughs> that was an awesome cartoon. Holy cow! Have you, did anyone else see that? No. no. Oh come on! That was amazing. I have it on DVD. It was great. Hmm. Maybe I'll what? check it out. Huh? Yeah. I don't uh, doubt that. Jamon Honsu is a good actor. Oh yeah, he is. Oh, scary good. All right. Um. So when you get in the movie, I felt the first act of this movie suffered with about the same thing that the first act of Batman v Superman did, and it kind of calls back to what we've been saying the whole time. If you don't have established characters that you're pulling from already, so you need to try to establish these characters in the first act, the editing is going to be all over the place. And I felt the mm-hmm. same way with this, that the editing was just all over. Now, I don't even mind the art style that they kept doing when they introduced these people. I thought that that worked for this movie. It was it was fine. It's yeah, it just was really that, good. Yeah, it's just that it, they were all over the place. So I'm like, how... You know, w- when did Batman take down Dead Deadshot? Was it before? Was it after B- BV Superman? Like, when did this Joker stuff go down? I'm not 100% sure. You know, when did, you know, how long has Croc been there? Who are these other people? Like, it was really kind of odd trying to determine in my head a timeline of over how many weeks or months has this sort of been been culminating like how how long has task force x been a folder on amanda waller's desk and i just i didn't know and it, i i really kind of wish they had done more to e- either establish how long some of these people had been in or when some of these scenes i were seeing were happening because i had the i had the same issue with batman v superman where there were times where i'm like i don't know when this is happening yeah yeah, there's there's a lot of it was very choppy in terms of like figuring out when these things are happening and the the timing of everything. But ultimately, you got you got the the, the important players established. I, I felt like it got there. Um, some of the music choices were really weird. Um, I know they tried to do a Guardians of the Galaxy thing with it, but it, it, was, it didn't it was work for me. Insanely Guardians of the Galaxy esque when they did that. Yeah, I, yeah, sometimes it worked. Like the, the thing is, Guardians of the Galaxy every single time it hit and it worked, and there was a reason why it worked. Because they kind of built it around the fact that you know that that Star Lord has this mixtape, and that every time we're hearing the mixtape say something unusual, that's that's when the music was playing over you know the movie to play mm. that same thing. So yeah. they kind of worked it into the story, and it actually made it work for the character. For Suicide Squad, just you know, Queen would start playing all of a sudden. You know, it's it was it was a little it was or a little it, out it, of place. It, or Eminem while the uh, while they were putting their costumes on. Yeah, yeah. The oh, only yeah. thing I thought yeah. really worked was the Kanye song um, over when Deadshot is like you know showing his skills and shooting headshots like clean through uh, on the targets and everything like that. that. I thought worked. that song yeah. fit. Yeah. That, that song worked. I am I am honor bound to never say that a Kanye song worked. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Can't argue with that. All right. So uh, I guess we should probably talk about the Enchantress, given that turns out she was the villain uh, of this movie. I I don't know. Uh, so played by Cara uh, Delevingne. Delevingne. Yeah. I don't remember her from anything else. She looks so insanely familiar to me. She's but, a model. 
That doesn't mean much. I, I actually don't hang out with many models, Brian. I know I throw much. out this lifestyle to all these people, <laughs> this, this sense that I am out and I am having this wild nightlife, but really I don't. I watch Burn Notice and I go to bed at night. That's my nightly routine. I'm, I, I, what I meant was, like, that's why you haven't seen her in much. Yeah. Uh, she was in Pan, Paper Towns... Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, none of that's Anna, really... Anna Karenina. I, <laughs> apparently, she's also a drummer. I, I don't care about that. Um, She was in the Bad Blood video with Taylor Swift. Oh, the Bad Blood video. I don't know which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. I would yeah. certainly hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, so anyway, uh, I, I guess I had a hard time, especially with kind of how the movie was edited, figuring out, like, is she the villain, and then she was the villain, and like, um, I don't know if I'm 100% buying it, I guess, but I, I just think back to, let's say, a lot of different other Suicide Squad stories I've seen, and their villains kind of really amorphic and it's it they, you're not going to pull out the the a1 top tier villains for this you know they're not going to go fight bane they're not going to try to take out um who's another really good dc villain uh brainiac brainiac <laughs> yeah that's a good one you well, know bane i could see more because they they have established in in a couple of his uh in a couple of his stories that he like he runs his own island of yeah. mercenaries and stuff like he'd, that. So he'd, he, I guess maybe he'd be more the type of thing they do, but they wouldn't go after like Darkseid or oh no or uh, Calibac or. We're having think, a really hard time coming up. With I, I'm having a really hard time. Yeah, I am, and I, and well, like, I, I am, I am very familiar with DC lore, so I'm, I'm a little embarrassed, but at the same time, like, well, that's that's their fault then for. Well, again, well, it kind of goes back to your earlier point that the Suicide Squad doesn't save the world. They're no. more the the black ops. They go in to take out like a criminal syndicate that maybe the government can't touch yeah. or whatnot, and it just it didn't feel like a Suicide Squad villain. Yeah, like, they would go after, like, they wouldn't go after Black Adam, but they would be there to, like, go steal something from, from Black Adam, if that yeah, makes sense like, at all. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, is, is Black Adam one of those guys who's, like, he, he's a legitimate authority figure that, or, or like, a, authority figure that um, yeah, Black does Adam, terrible he's, things? He's, um, he's, he, he, he's from the Captain Marvel family, but he also runs right, his own right. country, so... Okay, so he's basically, he, he's a lot like Doctor Doom in that sense. In that sense, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and that makes sense. Like, that's exactly the kind of thing you'd send to Suicide. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You know, you, you, you've got uh, an evil witch trying to wipe out humanity. You send in the Justice League. Right, you call the Justice League. You maybe say something to Batman or put something in the newspaper in Central City or something. You know, you don't, yeah. you, you don't just send in Deadshot and Harley Quinn and hope for the best, you know? And was that was that blue portal in the sky that we see in every other movie? Like, what kind of machine was that? That was really vague. So what that what, what wasn't a portal, uh, you know, it, it, that we that it wasn't a portal that we keep seeing. This was like kind of like an energy blast or whatever that that slowly got bigger and then started reaching out. Oh, I'm sorry. Like the 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 blue beam in the sky, like it's right. it's just like a blue streak or something like that that's in the sky. That's very that's very vague like it, ominous it's, yeah it's like ominous, okay it's affecting specific. it's affecting these these uh these government sites it's it's sending down lightning to these government sites that you know that aren't supposed to be on the books or something like that and okay so great like that's gonna destroy <laughs> the world like I, <laughs> it, it really it really shows like david david ayer is the only writer credited in this movie and it shows if he had brought in you know 
like like an actual DC writer to help him get some ideas. Like like he could have done like the character driven, you know, like some of the dialogue. While you have a like a comic book, a seasoned comic book writer saying, okay, we should have a villain who does this, yeah. and this, and like th- this should be some of the connective tissue here. Yeah. But however, yeah. I, I also want to point out that there was there was an uncredited writer uh, who worked with him, um, a gentleman by the name of John Ostrander, and his credits include like Arkham yeah. Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, the Young Justice TV series. Okay. So I mean, you got to get to that show at some point. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah he's got a pedigree, and so I don't know exactly how much he was involved but well, it, it clearly yeah. not enough not enough to get I credit, agree. which yeah. which says a lot about how much input he really had yeah we we really needed to see something a little bit more co- cohesive and yeah I, I think it's safe to say we didn't quite get the cohesion that i would have liked to have seen um but i mean there were good things like i don't i, I know we've been nitpicking it but i think before we actually get to the point where we score and talk about our favorite scenes there are some really good things that did come out of the movie and one was margot robbie was phenomenal as harley quinn and mm-hmm. i i hear talk there's a harley quinn solo movie in the works I don't uh, like that. I don't like the. the I would idea. love it They're as long as you could it. promise me I'm not going to see Jared Leto in it. They're talking about it, and that's going to be an important thing. Is like, don't try to force the Joker into it. Just have like a Gotham City Sirens type Harley Quinn movie where she comes across different DC characters without the Joker. Here's my problem with with a Harley Quinn movie. Like we have seen her once. Maybe we'll see her one more time. Maybe even twice. But what what Warner Brothers is doing is they're they don't even have any ideas for what they want to do with it. But they're greenlining something that is popular and running with it, and but without any plan of what they're going to do with it. Whereas I I, th- I think Marvel has taken their time to like announce a Black Widow movie, not because they didn't think it would work, but because they didn't know what they wanted, what they would do with it. And now they're going to fit in the overall universe. Yeah. Or. or what kind of story they would want to tell. Now they probably have a good grasp on what that is, so they said, okay, we're going to make a Black Widow movie. Yeah, and I'd like to see a Black Widow movie, but, I mean, it took... Yeah. How many years did it take for us to finally get a Wonder Woman movie, which incidentally yeah. looks awesome? And like I have not, I Wonder Woman is not a character I normally like. The last time I liked a Wonder Woman story, Linda Carter was in the tights. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is this is Wonder Woman's first like big budget movie. Yeah, which which looks. Oh, man, looks so good. It Gal Gadot looks, looks so good. It really does. I, I like what they're doing with it. So, yeah. So, anyway, going back to Suicide Squad, I liked Margot Robbie. I really liked the Batman scenes, and Viola Davis just ruled the roost. She, this, mm-hmm. this was, this was all, all her. She was, she owned every scene she was in. As soon as the, the cameras were rolling or whatever, like, she was in the room. Like, I don't care. Like, she had to be introduced in that little meeting, but it was still like, she gave this air of like, I'm the one in charge right now. Yeah, every single time she was in a room with people, even if she wasn't the highest ranked, you knew she was in charge. Yeah. Even when she's like brought in front of the enchantress, you're almost like somehow she's still in charge. I just I just know it. <laughs> yeah. Well, until those little tendrils came out, and, and then she looked scared. Yeah. I that almost kind of bothered me that they made her look scared because in my head Amanda Waller would be like, "Oh, you're going to tendril my face? Go ahead, tendril yeah. my face, oh great enchantress." And and, and another thing I like I, I've I've read that that's it, that's a really good point is like the stinger scene mm-hmm. like. She oh, yeah, would she... not. She would not play nice with Batman. She would hold the fact that she knows he's Batman over his head 
in order to get him to protect her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that seemed like she was a little bit more at his mercy than I would have preferred Amanda Waller to be. Yeah, like well, it, that was the whole was... thing is that she was trying. She needed to be extracted because she wanted to cover up her involvement. That's why she killed all those people in the office, mm-hmm. um, and because quote unquote they didn't have an, they didn't have clearance. But yeah, she wanted to you know cover up her responsibility in this, and that it's par- it's partially her fault. Um, so. With that, if that got out, like, she, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's that's counted as well, treason. Well, 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 getting him to protect her, yeah, I, I can see, I can see her like doing that. What I don't see is her handing over files willingly for that. I see her threatening, oh, that man, like threatening yeah. out him. Okay, yeah, yeah. she's she more did. subservient here. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I kind of get that, but okay, uh, that's that's the script that has nothing to do with Viola Davis. Yeah, no, I I, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, that's just bad writing. Yep. All right. So uh, I think I think it's safe to say that we've we've talked to this one to death. <laughs> so now is the time on Hero Talk where we talk about our favorite scenes, and so I will go around the room and start with Goose. What was your favorite part of Suicide Squad? My favorite part of Suicide Squad was the scene where they're all gearing up, because upon further viewings, there are a lot of different Easter eggs that I missed the first time. For example, Deadshot's rifle, you had a suit from Killer Croc from when he battled Nightwing, and of course, we all noticed um, Harley Quinn's original outfit. And it really showed that not only that the people who made the film knew the Suicide Squad, but it felt like that they knew enough that you wanted to give them the reins of the movie. Now, granted, some of the rest of the movie may have fallen a bit flat from that, but this scene in particular was one of the first scenes that actually showed them as a quote-unquote team, as opposed to just having individual moments for the members. All right. Hey, good eye, Goose. All right, Brian, what was your favorite part of Suicide Squad? I think my favorite part was um, that that scene in in the city where... You know, I mean, like, I gave it some flack for, you know, they, they, they let the one team go, and then they just kind of hang around staring at the zombies for a while. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but, and, and, and the fighting itself was a bit stiff, but it was really cool to see Deadshot jump up on that car and just start shooting bad guy after bad guy as they're coming up, and, like, everyone behind him just stops to watch. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Vernon, how about you? What was your, what was your favorite part? Um, so... A couple of different... uh... (laughs) Okay, wow. Came on strong with that one. Yes. Um, so I do, I do like the scene where, um, where it's just, you know, they, they have, uh, they have all the guns on the table and then it's, uh, you know, it's, it's Deadshot and he's like, oh, these are really loaded. You guys must be crazy. And then he, do, he does his, like, you know, his audition, quote unquote, and just starts shooting all the targets, all headshots, mm-hmm. all fantastic, all great. And then the really funny thing, and my wife and I actually, like, turn to each other at this point and it's just hilarious. I don't think it was intentionally show so uh for the for the people that made the movie uh it's where it's another dead shot scene where he's like you know they're doing the briefing and you know going into the mission and the explosives in their necks and he just goes so what we're some kind of suicide squad roll credits and, <laughs> roll credits exactly and my <laughs> wife and i turned to turn to each other just burst out laughing and said roll credits and so like it wasn't even that like you know they meant it to be funny it's just that you know we found it funny all right thanks cinemasins all right hey. yeah now it's my turn all right so i had i had two favorite parts which I guess really just mean one favorite part when I really think about him. So my first favorite part was the scene where Batman captures Harley, and my second favorite part was the scene where Batman captures Deadshot. So I I think just Batman was just my favorite part of Suicide Squad. 
So, Ben Affleck, hurry the hell up. Yeah, I, I think I just want a Batman movie. I think I just... I saw this, I'm like, oh, wouldn't this be nice if this was the whole movie? Of just Batman capturing the Suicide Squad Batman member? capturing the Suicide Squad. I'd watch that movie. Well, you see, that's the thing. I want that movie before this movie. Well, you, Is that it, too much to ask? Yeah, we've, we've been over this. Trust me, we, we understand. They messed up. We want the Batman capturing the Suicide Squad movie. Or the Flash. You can work the Flash in there. I don't care. Oh, they did work the Flash in there. All right, now we got to give this movie a score. Uh, and Goose, I'm starting with you again. What would you score Suicide Squad? I would give Suicide Squad Slipknot float flying away. Oh, poor Slipknot. Moment of Suicide Squad's red shirt. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> he never he never stood a chance. As soon as he rolled up into the scene after about a third of the movie was done, you're like, oh, this guy's not going to make it. I mean, like, you know, no, no, no big graphical intro or anything. Just, oh, look, the man who can climb anything. He can climb anything. Like, oh, yeah, that's exactly who you need in case Superman ever goes rogue. A guy who can climb right? stuff. <laughs> I hate that premise so much. That sales pitch was the worst. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. He can climb some stuff. We're good to go. And, all right. Um, <laughs> Vernon, all right. What, what, what would you score Suicide Squad? I would give this movie realizing that Harley has Lucky You tattooed just above her panty line. Does she really? <laughs> yep. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow, man. You know, I didn't look Fantastic. too closely at, at any of her really, any of her tattoos. But that's kind of messed up. Well, I'm looking at pictures and, like, I'm looking up figures and things like that because I, I actually... <laughs> well, I actually want to buy... I want to buy That's a not justification, figure. Vernon. Now you're just making it creepy. I want to buy a Deadshot figure, and Harley <laughs> Quinn came up as well. And so if mm-hmm. you look at the figure, it also has it, but in her, in, like, you know, screenshots, it also has it for the actual character in the movie. So screw you guys. It's there. All right. No, sure. There's nothing weird about that at all. Brian. I would give Suicide Squad a boomerang in the thigh and tell it it's lucky I didn't stab it in the back. I, I guess I'll give you that. All right. It's my turn. All right, I would give Suicide Squad Joker's eyebrows just as soon as I find them, because they're not on his face. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's part of the reason why he's so damn creepy. Man, that's just it. Messed. I can't. I can't even take him seriously. Like, if he were to come and like try to threaten me in real life, I'd be looking like, dude, dude, you got you got no eyebrows, dude. Just can't. You can. You can just like paste stuff up there. For, like, people. And he'd say something about all that chit chat gonna get you hurt. He's like, I, I didn't hear it in your I'm, like, I'm sorry. I didn't hear a word you said. I'm too focused on the fact to show you all my new eyebrows. toys. Yeah, I I can't hear a thing you're saying, Joker, over the sound of your brow bones with no hair on them. It's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, now is the time on Hero Talk for final thoughts. All right, guys, you got 30 seconds. You got the floor. Goose, we start with you. Go. I feel like, and this is not necessarily just for Suicide Squad, but in general, way too often people either have a love it or hate it mentality. And if you're in the middle, you seem to be like in the crosshairs of the Internet these days. And if, if Suicide Squad seems to be the really the first one I've noticed that has that problem. But the thing is... You can like something and not love it. You can hate something and not like hate it enough to want to put it in a fire. Whereas they don't seem to understand that anymore. And I wish I wish people would under would go back to remembering that eh is still a thing. Yes, I agree. The internet has ruined everything. The extremists have taken over. No such thing as middle ground anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Brian, you got the floor. Final thoughts. 
you know, the the DC universe has has gotten off to a rocky start, and I felt like with with Suicide Squad, I felt like there was a bit more effort, maybe a, maybe misguided effort, but effort nonetheless to get things where they needed to be in terms of like what, what's going to please audiences and fans alike. Um, it, and I'm hoping with with these upcoming um, uh, origin stories they've got, or at least I think they're origin stories. Like that's going to be it's a good opportunity for them to build a solid foundation on something that they're trying to try to build already, you know? Yeah, I agree. All right, Vernon, final thoughts. Holy cow, those guys! You guys are like super serious about this. It's just <laughs> awesome. I love it. Um, so <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Enthusiast because uh, we're awesome, and uh, you should talk to us about this and you know give us your opinions. Yeah, hey, you can shout out to basically any of us on on Twitter anytime, and we're usually pretty good about interacting with you. So that's that's good advice, Vernon. Hit us up on Twitter. All right. So my final thoughts. Uh, so I love listening to podcasts. I of course listen to everything we produce on this channel. And in addition, I've given shout outs in the past to Girl Tribe Gaming, but today I just want to give a shout out to One Track Gamers. Uh, they're super cool. They're super nice. And John from One Track Gamers specifically said he was excited about the Suicide Squad Hero Talk. So John, this one was for you, guys. I think I think we're finally going to put this one to bed. I think we're finally done with the Suicide Squad Hero Talk. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Goose, you're not going to say goodbye, really? All we've gone through? I was muted. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to end it, right there. I don't know what else I could say. All right, if you have any feedback for us, you want us to review a specific movie, or you just want to talk to us or ask us a question, you can hit us up, uh, HeroTalk at Enthusiacs.com, or just hit us on Twitter. You can uh, check us out at Enthusiacs. We're also on YouTube and Facebook. Just search for Enthusiacs. For more articles, Let's Plays, movies, reviews, you can check out Enthusiacs.com. And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying, I'm known for being quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. Should I talk like this? No. I think we should all talk like this. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome to Hero Talk. After midnight. <laughs> After dark. After dark. <laughs> I am your host, so Judge my. Love. <laughs> we play all the jams. <laughs> all right. Well, that's probably the stinger of the cold open right there. <laughs>